Yo, 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 what's up, everybody? It's Cynthia Sam here. Welcome to Unleash the Man Within. I'm so glad you guys have tuned in today. We are sitting down with Justin Rothlingshofer. This guy is an absolute boss, um, super educated in the health fitness arena, focusing on some specific parts of health that people don't talk about a lot. He traveled with a bunch of NHL teams, has worked with professional athletes for many years before transitioning into a business owner where he basically took some of his more like top secret quote unquote tactics and metrics and has made them available to the public in a really comprehensive program. And I'm actually a member of that program right now. I'm going through the coaching package with him and it's been an incredible experience and I think his approach to health is really insightful. It's uh, very biblical and just really well-rounded. Probably one of the best fitness experiences I've had so far. So I wanted to bring him on today to share his expertise with you guys. But additionally, one of the things that has been uncovered as research goes on is how linked the brain and body are, right? And we've known this for a very long time, but understanding the intricacies of that connection really has reached new heights in the last few years. And when we're talking about porn addiction, abstaining from sexual behavior, living that kind of holy, righteous lifestyle that God has called us to live, I just think that, yes, of course, there's a spiritual component to this. We have to look after that. Yes, there's a mental, emotional, psychological component, and we have to take care of that as well. But there's also a physical reality. And if we don't take care of our physical bodies, and I'm not talking about even like having huge muscles and six uh, six pack abs, I'm talking about, you know, like sleeping well, heart health, eating properly, uh, getting uh, the right amount of sunshine every single day, like just some of those little things, they actually go a long way in recovery. So that's why we're talking about what we're talking about today. It's not the most direct link in the world, but let's not kid ourselves. Health and fitness are universal. We all could learn in this area. And Justin is the man to learn from. So we're going to jump into all of this today. I think you're going to find it super insightful. And I really do pray that it will further you in your recovery journey. Without further ado, let's jump into my interview with Justin Rothlingshofer. So here's the million dollar question. How are men like us who work hard, have good motives and a God-given purpose supposed to fulfill the calling on our lives and the dreams in our hearts? all while establishing sexual integrity, thriving relationships, and a meaningful connection with God? That is the question, and this podcast will give you the answers. My name is Sathya Sam. Welcome to Unleash the Man Within. All right, I'm here with my man, uh, new friend, uh, coach, and uh, a little bit of everything, really. Uh, Justin Rothlingshofer. Man, such a treat to have you here on the podcast, bro. Oh, it's so great to be here with you, Seth. Yeah. So uh, we've been, it's actually funny, we've been connected a couple different ways. Uh, we have some mutual friends. You spoke at my mastermind and uh, I've heard a lot of people talk about fitness over the years, but you have a really, I think a really unique message and one that really resonated with me and I'm super excited to share it with the audience. Can you maybe give a little bit of a background about just your interest in health and all of this in the first place. Why, why have you decided to start a coaching company and help people with their physical fitness and their overall health? So it, for me, it dates back to when I was 12 years old and my father, I was a hockey player, grew up in Canada, uh, yeah, you other did. side of the coast than you, um, yes. in Edmonton and was playing, um, uh, at 12 years old was playing with 14, 15, 16 year olds. And I uh, wasn't playing very well. And my father said to me, son, talent will get you noticed, but consistency will get you paid. And mm -hmm. it really like lit a fire under me to go, man, 
I want to be consistent. Like, what does consistency look like? And what can I control? And ultimately, that thing for me was my health, the habits, the behaviors, the action items that I was doing day to day. And so I leaned into that really heavily. I really started to uh, look at my uh, biometric data. I got a heart rate monitor at 13 years old. I started reading medical journals, started uh, asking for my raw blood work from my doctors, and just started to really (laughs) understand what was happening within my body. And that really kind of perpetuated throughout my entire educational career, going to uh, getting my, I got two bachelor's degrees uh, in exercise science and nutrition. From there, I got my master's degree in exercise physiology. From there, did my postgraduate research in HRV sleep and recovery science. And what I, and the reason I say that is because my education was great, but I say it was crap at the same time because mm-hmm. it was just book information and um, philosophies and information that was very hard to put into practical application. And there was a disconnect that I found because I had been into this for since I was 13 and like focused on it and like really experiencing these things on a day-to-day basis and being so obsessed and then learning the information. There was like, man, that that really doesn't work that way. And then when I got into the field uh, in, I was a strength and conditioning coach in the NCAA to a performance coach and performance director in the NHL um, over about a 15 year span. And I saw the same disconnect happen there where everything that you learned in school was ultimately just created into cookie cutter approaches for these high, high level athletes. And I was like, man, there has to be a better way to do this. And so my philosophy and what I started to really churn was like pushing a rock uphill, to be honest with you, for a lot of times and changing the mindsets and thought processes of Uh, of the people running the teams and the organizations was let's get really personalized. Let's figure out what each person needs from a supplementation standpoint, what each person needs from a nutrition standpoint, what each person needs from a sleep and recovery standpoint, what each person needs from a uh, mental and emotional state standpoint. Like how can we eliminate that for people and how can we help people on this path and this journey? And as we did that, the owner of the team came to me and said, Hey, like we're, getting sick less, we're getting injured less, the guy's moods and energy looks completely different, we're recovering faster. Like, what are you doing? I've never seen this before. And I'm hearing everything that you're doing. Can you do that for me? And I was like, Yeah, I, I, I guess we could. And so I took him through that. And he goes, you've changed my life. We changed his life over a span of six months and um, got him off. Um, a lot of his insulin that he was using, he was a type two diabetic and backed that back about 50% of what he was using. He slept better. His energy was better. He was losing weight that he couldn't lose before. His his mind was more clear. Um, he felt more confident in everything he was doing. He was like, this is, this is amazing. And it hit me that day that this isn't an athlete problem, but this is a human problem. And it was being able to now take that and step into it and know, Hey, there's a big, big opportunity here to be able to serve people at a higher level um, and really create a paradigm shift, a mindset shift about what health actually is. Because I think so often we we get um, bombarded by social media and by everything we read in magazines or that we see online or that we hear from other people is that health is six pack abs, health is... <laughs> Uh, budget, um, bulging muscles, health is um, the, the, these very superficial things. Whereas 
if we actually come back to it, health is very holistic. Health is integrated. And I can get deeper into that as we go, but that's really what propelled me down this road and really brought me to the the, pl- the place that we're at. Yeah, I, it's, uh, I think it's amazing that you've actually decided to kind of expand beyond working with professional athletes and made some of your materials and some of your concepts available to the general public and to people like myself. I'm in your program and I'm, I'm loving it and um, can see why you got that kind of response because uh, I was telling you this before we hit record, like some of the things you guys pay attention to are things that I either never heard of or I've heard of them, but I didn't think they were really that important. And sometimes it's even basic things like sleep, which uh, we'll obviously get into. Um, maybe a, a good place to kind of dive into this because I'm I'm imagining that, that like you guys have your eight controllables. And I think people are going to hear this and they're going to be like, okay, Justin, just tell me the stuff, man. Tell me the, you know, what's like the magic pull, the silver bullet, the whatever it might be. And obviously that's not what you guys are about. Can you Can you maybe do a little bit of mindset coaching for people who's experience with the concepts around health and fitness have been about trying to lose weight, trying to get muscles, um, trying to, you know, starve themselves from bad food. Um, people who maybe have, have tried different things, but haven't really had any longevity. I love that you used that word earlier. What's, what's the right mindset to even have for a more integrated approach to health? That's a great question. So when we, I, I'm going to start with a few definitions, because if we start with definitions, it sometimes helps people grasp these concepts a little bit bigger because it is so different from the way that typical um, the world has basically told us to operate. Mm -hmm. So the first thing we have to understand is you're going to have doctors, functional medicine, specialists, nutritionists, personal trainers, all of these people say, Oh, we take a holistically integrated approach to your health and we truly help you heal. So I was like, Hmm, that's interesting. Why do we have all of these people who are holistically integrated? Why do we have all of these people who are, um, helping the human entity or the human being in a holistic way, but yet we're getting sicker, 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 and sicker. Right. The definition of holistic is all, all or entire, everything. The definition of integrated means to make whole or bring together. The definition of health is the mental, physical, spiritual, and emotional uh, condition of a human being. And the definition of heal ironic as it sounds, is the exact same definition of integrated, which is to make whole or bring together. So in order to truly help somebody heal, we have to bring the mental, physical, spiritual, and emotional condition together to make whole and bring it all together in its entirety. And Mm -hmm. if we're not doing that, if you have a nutritionist who's not actually working with you on a mental and emotional and spiritual level, you just can't heal with supplements and a change in diet. If you have a personal trainer who's not talking to you about the mental, spiritual, and emotional condition and helping you holistically, they just can't help you heal with a good workout plan. It just doesn't happen that way. And Mm. we leave such a large chunk of it out because we don't attach ourselves to these conditions. And so this brings me over to the concept of stress. And anytime I bring up the word stress, people... um, I think immediately go to this, pull your hair out. I'm frustrated. I'm overwhelmed. I can't take this anymore. Um, this, this conscious stress that we're aware of, but our body doesn't know the difference between mental, physical, spiritual, or emotional stress. And all of these stressors can be unknown to us, like, uh, unconscious. Let me give you an example. Um, and, and a lot of these things are often blessings in our life that we're unaware of. 
So mm-hmm. let me let me give you an example. There's a, there was a study that was done um, by Holmes and Rahi, uh, and it's a uh, a life stress scale inventory. And so if we take a look at this, the most stressful thing in somebody's life is like the death of a spouse. All the way down to the bottom, the the uh, least stressful thing in terms of an overall stress load could be uh, major holidays, vacations, major change in eating habits, meaning eating more or eating less, intermittent fasting or not. Major change in the number of times families get together. Did your parents move closer to you? Did your siblings move closer to you? Did your cousins move closer to you? Major change in sleeping habits. Are we getting more or less than usual? Are we um, buying a new vehicle? Um, buying a new vehicle is exciting. It's new. It's but we've probably taken a loan out. We're probably now having a new payment. We're probably all of these things that we don't think about. Are we changing churches? Are we getting more involved in the church? Are we um, going? Or did we join a new club? Are we playing pickleball once a week? Are we going and playing tennis? Are we playing pickup hockey? Mm-hmm. Um, are we changing and going to a new school? Are we graduating? Are we going from high school to college? Do we have kids going from co- college to getting a real job in the real world? All of these things are great. Marriages, son or daughters, getting kids born into the family. They're all great things. Buying a new home, building a home, renovating a home, all positive things. But they're all stressors. And they're all things that we often don't think about. They're things that we don't um, consider stressful on our body. But our body keeps the score. Our body's like, hey, I have to sort through this stuff mentally, physically, spiritually, and emotionally. And all of this is taking a toll on me. If you guys are watching online um, and you can see me, I'll give you a little example. But if you're not, um, I'll try to explain it the best I can. Think of our body as like a cup. And if I'm holding this cup of water in my hand and I'm pouring another cup of water into this at a steady pace, the water in the cup in my hand is slowly going to start to rise. Well, now what happens if I start to poke a hole in this cup in different areas and I poke a hole by doing yoga, I do a poke a hole by eating well, I poke a hole by hydrating properly, I poke a hole by getting enough sleep, I poke a hole by um, uh, giving myself 20 minutes a day of just self-care time, I poke a hole um, by making sure that I uh, get a 10 second hug from my spouse every day. Well, all of a sudden, the more holes we have in that cup, the more stress we can take on from the world, mentally, physically, spiritually, emotionally, and the faster water can be poured in and not overflow. But Mm. so many of us don't pay attention to the habits and behaviors that are poking holes in our cups, and we don't have any holes in the cup, and thus we're holding everything inside, and our body is just accumulating stressor after stressor after stressor after stressor that we're unaware of. Mm. And because of that, we earn our diseases. That's why that it's it's a lot of thing that people um, I think have a hard time accepting is that we do earn our disease. We either earn our health or we earn our disease. Wow! And that accumulation of stress is what causes the issue. And I take people through this sequence: chronic stress, mentally, physically, spiritually, emotionally, leads to chronic inflammation because that's how our body deals with it mentally, physically, spiritually, emotionally, that chronic inflammation leads to chronic symptoms. Chronic symptoms such as nausea, headache, weight gain, insomnia, energy leaks, anxiety, depression, brain fog, you name it. All of these symptoms that we call normal, 
Oh, that's what it takes to be an entrepreneur. That's what it takes to be a dad. That's what it takes to be a mom. That's what it takes to be married. That's what it takes to be a business owner. That's what it takes to turn 50. That's, that's what we, that's what we, the stories we tell ourselves, but they're all lives. Mm -hmm. And the longer we stay in what I call fake health disease free, but symptom full, it ultimately leads us to chronic illness and chronic illness is killing 71% of North Americans. And so our body doesn't know the difference between the stressors, mentally, physically, spiritually, emotionally, the body's response is inflammation. Inflammation leads to symptoms, symptoms that we call normal. Those symptoms lead to chronic illness and chronic illness is ultimately killing us at a rate of 71% of all deaths. Sheesh. Yeah. And I mean, you just nailed probably most of the listeners here because let's not kid ourselves. Like we all live very high stress lives and our, um, our brains have not necessarily evolved uh, with the de degrees or the levels of stress that we are exposed to in our day-to-day -day lives compared to even, I would say, 20, 30 years ago. Um, I guess I have a, a couple of questions about what you just said. My first question is, can you clarify chronic inflammation? Because I think people hear that and they think about like their joints swelling or that kind of thing. Um, but really, uh, if I understand it correctly, it, you were really talking about inflammation uh, internally. It's not necessarily visible. Is that correct? 100%. Yes. So let's think about it this way. Uh, inflammation of your blood vessels. So we don't know that there's inflammation in our blood vessels, but by having inflamed blood vessels, it creates an increase in vascular pressure, an increase in what we would know as blood pressure, an increase in hypertension, an increase right. in uh, heart disease as, as it's done over a long period of time. Uh, anytime we're in a stressed state, there's uh, inflammation of the gut. There's inflammation of the brain. There's inflammation of the eyes. We feel pressure behind our eyes. There's inflammation of our muscles when we train and we work out, which is why we have muscle soreness. All of these inflammatory markers, many of them are by design in our body for protection and to actually help us heal. But when it's chronic and our body's constantly having to go through it, that's when it creates the issue, which is why I like to create these seasonalities or help teach people through this and helping us to really figure this out. That's where we can kind of get into the conversation of heart rate variability and HRV, because if chronic stress leads to chronic inflammation, leads to chronic symptoms, leads to chronic illness, well, mm. how do we figure out what our chronic stress load is and how do we have a KPI, a day-to-day -day metric that helps guide us? And that metric is heart rate variability that tells us how our body's adapting to stress and strain. Yeah, yeah. So I, I definitely want to get an HRV because that was the, I would say that was the thing that really piqued my interest. I had one more question first, which is uh, the stress part of it. So people might hear this and they're like, okay, well, you know, Justin, obviously that's me. I have, you know, ma maybe some major life transitions going on. My wife and I are trying to buy a house. Um, you know, I'm pursuing a promotion at work. Like we all have stressful lives. Is is the goal in this to get to a place where you don't experience stress or is it trying to change your response to stress or is it a little bit of both? Um, can you just comment on that for people who maybe are like, well, I can't do anything because my life is stressful and the variables that are causing all this stress are beyond my control. What, what, what should people even be conscious of in that area? It's a great question. So number one, the first, <laughs> I, you used a word that I want to emphasize for your listeners is the number one thing that you can do is become more aware of 
what it is that you're going through. In uh, one of the assessments that we put people through um, is helping with that stress inventory, like helping to become aware of these things. And uh, in the studies that were put out by um, uh, Holmes and Ra uh, in this life stress inventory component uh, was you started to look at um, this different scale. And if you had 150 points or less, there was a relatively low amount of life change, low amount of stress, um, and thus a low susceptibility to stress-induced health breakdown. But if you were at 150 to 300 points, there was a 50% chance of health breakdown in the next two years. And if you were at 300 points plus, there was an 80% chance of health breakdown in the next two years, uh, in, according to the um, statistical prediction model. And so what we've done is we've turned that into a uh, basically a little survey, um, and a little, um, uh, little survey that you can go through, um, and ultimately see where you're at, what your predicted scale is at and what you're currently going through from all of these different forms of stressors. And so the goal coming back to your question of what we're trying to do is bring awareness to these things so that you can increase capacity to take on more stress and be able to handle it in a better way without right. it causing the symptoms, without it causing these things. Because let's face it, stress is necessary. We're not going to shut off stress in our life. Yeah. I talk about this all the time with a lot of people that retire. And I live down here in Miami, in Florida. And why do you think you see people retire at 70, 65, whatever it is, come down to Florida and they die five years later? six years later, seven years later, because they have no stress in their life anymore. Their body no longer has to fight against anything. Their body no longer has to go and engage in all these things. Another thing I said, this is nothing about, this is nothing political, but why do you think after COVID everybody was indoors, everyone was wearing masks, all, all these things for so long that when we went back out, the common cold increased, the flus increased, all of these things, because our body didn't have to fight off any of these things. And that stressor was out of our life when we are confined for so long. And so same thing here is we want to be exposed to stressors. We want to be exposed to these things, but we need to do it in a cyclical manner, going back and forth between expo overreaching in these different stressors, but then also allowing ourselves to regenerate, which again is like poking holes in that cup and allowing the stress that's being poured in to come in faster, to come in more often, to come in harder, but yet because we have so many holes that are allowing that stress to come out of it, we can take on more, we can do more, we can be more uh, efficient and proactive and um, uh, and purposeful in our action steps while not reaping all of the consequences that would come had we not had these other behaviors in uh, and, and, uh, and habits in place. Yeah. And I think this is where like, there's a, a there's a bit of a maturity that's required for somebody, I think, to really walk in holistic health because you have to kind of accept that you actually have a limitation of how much stress you can handle and even people like I would consider myself to be high capacity in that regard and I feel like I've had to swallow my ego a little bit to realize oh actually I'm not managing my stress as well as I think I am which I'm, I'm going to mention in a minute here and I do actually need help and everybody has that threshold it's just that like you're saying some of us are more aware of it than others and maybe some people haven't even reached that threshold yet, depending on where you are in your life and the amount of stress that you're experiencing. Um, I, I want to share a little bit of my story just so that the listeners get um, a bit of kind of my vantage point. I, I was hearing you talk about HRV in the session with King's Brotherhood. 
And I remember, I, I always have this thing. This is like a little bit of my pride thing that I'm working on. But like with fitness, I, I'm, I'm not necessarily coming in as like, oh, teach me everything. Because I feel like, you know, I'm relatively healthy. I eat very well. I exercise regularly. Um, there's very little in the arena of exercise that I overdo. Like I love lifting weights, but I do mobility stuff. And I'm good on the recovery side of it for the most part. I sleep pretty regularly. Um, you know, spiritually, like I, I get my time with God every day in the morning. Like if you look at my life and my habits and patterns, they're rel- relatively well-rounded and I have good relationships. My wife and I have an incredible marriage and whatever. And um, I would say that like I've at least done some work to poke some holes in the cup, so to speak. And I think that if not for those things, I don't – I kind of even shudder to think about where I might have been because when you start talking about HRV – this was the first time that somebody's done like a health or fitness talk and I realized, oh my gosh, here is like a reliable metric where I am like way out of whack. My HRV was totally um, out of sorts and um, I realized now part of it was because it was being calculated by uh, an Apple Watch and um, the Whoop band that I have now calculates a bit differently, which has been helpful and a little bit relieving. But um, I still found it really insightful to have a metric where it was like, oh, this is actually showing that even though on the outside it looks like I'm relatively healthy and doing the right things, clearly there's something that's that's way off the mark. So I want to just use that as an entry point into HRV. Can you maybe just talk talk about some nuts and bolts, like just the basics for somebody who's never somebody like me who up until two months ago had never heard about it? What exactly is HRV? Yeah, so heart rate variability is the the best of definition, the simplest definition I've been able to come up with is the language of your body that's communicating to you how your body's adapting to stress and strain. So let me kind of break it down this way is if you've ever seen an EKG, there's that peak point at the top and those are called R waves. And what heart rate variability is measuring is the time interval between successive beats. So if I was to say here, uh, your heart is your resting heart rate is 60 beats per minute. We would think simple math would tell us that your heart is beating at one beat per second, but that's just not true. That's not how our bodies function. Our heart only beats when it has to. And so when I'm sitting here nice and relaxed, loosey-goosey, my heart's going to just beat very whenever it needs to, maybe 800 milliseconds, 925 milliseconds, 885 milliseconds, 915 milliseconds, 745. So the variance of time is, is very high. There's a high variability, meaning a high HRV, but over the course of those same 60 seconds, my heart still beats 60 times. Conversely, mm-hmm. if you and I start getting into a little bit of a heated conversation, a debate, there's an increase in stress load. I'm getting angry. I'm getting frustrated, or I stand up or somebody throws a ball at my head and I have to move and I get kind of fired up. Our body goes, oh, Justin's in trouble. We have to start protecting him. And so those beats in the same minute, those same 60, starts going 805 milliseconds, 815 milliseconds, 825 milliseconds, 810 milliseconds, much more rhythmic. And so the variance is much lower, meaning the HRV, the HRV score is going to be much lower. So a higher HRV score means your body is adapting to the stressors you're under much better and you're ready to take on stress mentally, physically, spiritually, emotionally. Conversely, when you have a lower HRV score, 
or a trend downwards, it's meaning that your body is under stress, mentally, physically, spiritually, emotionally. It's not adapting to it as well as it could. Hmm. And thus, we need to give it some type of help by changing our habits, behaviors, adding something else in that's going to bring us more into that relaxed or parasympathetic state. Yeah. And this is, I guess, why the chronic stress stuff plays in. Because if somebody is under chronic stress without realizing it, this was kind of the thing for me is I'm like, I'm doing the stuff, I'm doing the things. But I was realizing, oh, actually, my body is not reaching that more relaxed parasympathetic state where it's actually helping or giving it a chance to relax, uh, where it's actually giving it a chance to enter that more variable state from a hard standpoint. So um, I think it makes a lot of sense. I guess, um, so somebody who's hearing this, uh, maybe they want to go calculate their HRV. Like I had an Apple Watch and I guess what I've found as I've gone into it is that there's different ways to calculate it because it sounds like Apple Watch calculates it real time. The Woo band that I have here calculates it like at the deepest part of your REM cycle when you're sleeping. Is that the is that the way it should be calculated or how, how do you get a good reading on that? Yeah, it's a, it's a great question. So I'm a I'm a big fan of Whoop and Aura. Um, they're leading the way, leading the industry in heart rate variability metrics and readings. Um, their sleep sleep tracking and quality of sleep and depth of sleep those are still not quite as good as they should and need to be. But from an HRV standpoint, they're outstanding. Hmm. The one thing I always want to be say as a caveat is all of these companies, Whoop, Apple, Aura, Fitbit, Polar, Garmin, they're all going to come out with their own scores, their own algorithms, your recovery score, your readiness score, your regeneration score, your stress score, your sleep score, throw those to the wayside. They're garbage. They're trash. Why? They have to create some level of IP that <laughs> makes them unique, but they're really not helping us. Like what's a stress score? I don't know what that means but I know what heart rate variability means. So when we look at these numbers, go always to the raw number, go to raw HRV. Mm. Now the scientist in me um, wants to get something that is repeatable and uh, reliable. So when I am in the deepest stage of sleep, that is when my body should be recovering the most. And I, and right. ideally in the most parasympathetic or relaxed state. And so there's no outside noise, there's no outside stressors, there's no outside signals that could ultimately change my heart rate variability. And so that's why I love what WHOOP does and being able to take and measure HRV in that deepest stage of sleep because you're taking it at the similar time every single night passively that doesn't require any type of um, mental cognitive function to do so. Because if you think about it, the alarm goes off in the morning, the first thing you're starting to think about is... What do I have to do today? What am I going to, what am I, what do I have to go and do? Do I don't have to go and put my finger on a phone and measure my HRV. Um, I don't have to lay down. Maybe if I get up and I drink a cup of coffee or I take my dog outside or I get a phone call, like all of these things start creating stressors that we <laughs> either think of a stress or not that will impact the reading at that moment, which is why I love taking it when you're sleeping um, and why it's the most reliable and most repeatable way to gather heart rate variability and look at trend lines over time. Because you'll, if you start tracking HRV, you'll notice that it's a sensitive metric. It might be high, it might be low. And if you're looking at it constantly, it can be a little bit difficult. However, if you start looking at trends line, trend lines, are you going um, trending upwards or are you trending downwards? 
it can, it's going to give you a lot of information. So if we're trending upwards, it means, hey, whatever we're doing from a habit um, standpoint, from a behavior standpoint, from a uh, environmental standpoint, it's, right. it means that we're gaining capacity. We're moving in the right direction. Conversely, if we're trending downwards, there's something that is cumulatively starting to impact how we're adapting to stress and strain. And I tell this story. So I was 25 years old, um, strength coach in the NHL and traveling all around the world. Um, it was an extremely busy time. Um, and uh, 82 games a year, 41 on the road, uh, late nights, early mornings, um, was drinking a little bit more than I should have. Uh, a lot of stress. I just started my own business, a uh, little summer camp. I had a long distance relationship. All of these things were were going on. And uh, when I was tracking my HRV at that time, it was about a 77 as an average. And I started to notice that I wasn't digesting food very well. I would eat, I'd be bloated. Uh, I was having constant brain fog. I was forgetting things all the time. Um, I was anxious a lot of the days. Um, uh, my energy levels would still fluctuate, but I still ate really well. I still had a great workout routine. I had a six pack. I looked great. Everybody on the outside would say, you're the picture of health. This is what we want to aspire to be. Mm. But internally, I didn't feel healthy. I didn't feel well. And I ultimately started to go to some doctors and some functional medicine specialists and dietitians. And this is why I say the holistic part is so important. They put me on some medication. They put me on some supplements. They put me on a restrictive diet. They put me on all of these things to, to say, Hey, we're going to fix this for you. But yet never thought to talk about my habits, my day-to-day -day stress, the things I was involved with, what I was doing from a lifestyle component. And anyways, things got progressively worse to a point where I was only eating soup and uh, smoothies. That's the only thing that I could eat without having terrible bloating, cramping and wow. headaches. Well, I end up finally getting into a specialist in New York City. Uh, they did an endoscopy and a colonoscopy on a healthy 28-year-old man, uh, which everybody refused to do for the longest time. The endoscopy showed that I had an, uh, an ulcer at the top of my stomach that was causing a lot of the heartburn and bloating issues. And when they came back from the colonoscopy, I had seven polyps the size of my thumb in my colon. Whoa that uh, were all precancerous. And the doctor said to me, he's like, I'm sorry, man. Like if <laughs> you wouldn't have made to your 35th birthday. Um, and I say that turning 35 this year and I'm just like the, how vastly different life could be if I didn't start getting a lot of this in line and started to really understand and change my habits um, mm -hmm. and change my lifestyle based upon data and what my body was communicating to me. And, uh, you now look at my HRV today, I have an average of 112, which is vastly different. Um, it, it's greater by about 75%. And there's days that and now when I can track my trends and I can start to see what I'm doing, I have travel frameworks, I have sleep frameworks, I have nutritional frameworks. I have pretty much the eight controllables that we talk about that I live extremely intentionally. And when you live intentionally, you can have a much better guide as to what you should be doing on a day-to-day -day basis, but you're also living in accordance to what your body's asking you, the way God designed you, the way that 
uh, we are so magically put together and understanding what our body is truly asking us to do. Yeah. Wow. That's a really powerful story, man. And I think that that's where, that's the whole basis of this, isn't it? Like we don't, we're not taking care of our health so that we can um, be like the epitome of like, you know, masculinity and looking super muscular or whatever. This is like, this is about number one, like being everything that God made us to be. But number two, just ensuring that while we're on God's planet doing the things he's designed us to do, health does not stop us from doing those things. It doesn't limit what we can do or it doesn't cut us off short because we die young. Um, that's where I think there's incredible relevance here. And obviously, you can just imagine, um, like, you know, this audience is struggling with sexual sin. They're struggling with other behaviors. And guys, I'm sure you can start to see how if you can get ahead of this, if you can increase your capacity for stress, if you can learn how to manage the stressors of your life, um, getting ahead is not – it's not just going to have those obvious physical benefits of a better HRV reading and whatever else. You're actually – you're going to notice a difference in your behaviors as well. Uh, we won't have time to go into all of these in a lot of depth, but Justin, can you talk about the eight controllables? What are the eight areas that you're you're focusing on yourself and that you're helping your clients focus on? Because these have been really helpful for me. And just to put things in perspective a little bit, I, I, I still remember the graph you showed at the Mastermind of somebody in our age category. We're about two years apart. I'm turning 33 this month. Um Somebody uh, in our age category, I think that the HRV range is about 40 to 110, if I'm remembering correctly. It was somewhere in that range. Is that right? Yes. Are those numbers right? Yeah. So if you're 40, 30, let's call it 35 to 40, you should yeah. be somewhere between 40 and 75. If you are- Oh, that's what it was. Okay. 40, yep. 40 to 50, you should be somewhere between 35 to 60. And then if you're, um, let's just call it uh, 55 plus, you should be in that- uh, 30 to about 55 range. That's, that's okay. the, that's the middle normative HRV values. Okay. Got it. Got it. So yeah, I, I saw that. And then I, I mean, my, my reading on my Apple watch was coming out at about 31, 32 as an average over the, the previous six months. And that's what really kind of freaked me out. Um, but it's interesting hearing a bit of your story because your HRV was actually like, as far as just, if you looked at just the number and where you fell into that range, there's nothing alarming about it, but isn't it interesting that it was just the lack of, like you're saying, frameworks and these controllables we're going to get into, that seems to be where the real deficiency was. Um, can you talk to us about the eight controllables, Justin? Totally. So right before I go into that, uh, Sathya, I want to give people an idea of like that fake health continuum. So when we talk mm. about fake health, we have the uh, on the left side, death and disease. This is when you're in the system, you've got some type of disease and you're being treated for it. On the right side, you've got true health, which is you wake up in the morning full of energy, clear, mentally clear to do exactly what you want to do, get everything done to play with the kids, to be in the business, to be going and doing everything that's on your to-do list for the day, coming home at night, playing with the kids, taking them to where they need to go, connecting with your spouse, being able to be intimate, being excited about that, going to bed at night, falling asleep and waking up all again to do it the next day. Like that is true health, truly being aligned in this purpose and mission, having confidence in that. 90% of us live in this area called fake health, which is disease-free, but symptom full. Mm. And that's all those symptoms that I was listing out previously. And if we're living in this fake health space, there's no way that we can steward what we've been given. And when we talk about what God has asked us to do is we've been asked to be a steward, a steward of this earthly experience that we have. 
And there's four principles of stewardship. Stewardship, the definition at its core is to take responsibility with accountability. Mm. And if, if we're not willing to be responsible for what we've been given and take accountability for that, then we're not stewarding what's there. And there's four components to stewardship. Number one is knowing God owns everything and you own nothing. Yeah. The second is to realize that God entrusted me with everything I have, and I need to prepare myself to be able to take on more responsibility. Number three is know that I'm responsible to increase what has God has given me but I also have the ability to decrease it. And that if we do not steward it appropriately, we are going to ultimately decrease what's there. And then number four is that we can be pulled into accountability at any time. And that accountability can be in a new responsibility to uh, a family member, to a friend, to uh, your business, whatever it might be. And so we have a responsibility to treat our bodies as an elite sports car, not like a rented vehicle. And so many of us are treating them like a rented vehicle, but really the passenger that we're carrying is the Holy Spirit at the end of the day. So we better be able to change our habits, behaviors, and lifestyle. And we can do that very purposely through these eight controllables. And so the eight controllables are what allow us to poke holes in that cup and allow it to drain from the stressors that we're carrying at a more intentional level. And when we have a guideline as these eight controllables, we can now pick and choose what are big rocks for us, like what matters and what matters the most. And so yeah. that's exercise, nutrition, hydration, sleep, immune function, environment, self-care and mindset. And these eight areas, these eight controllables all have different habits. And I'll run through a couple of them here, just a very baseline level. So if you go to yeah. sleep, Let's have a consistent sleep and wake time. A consistent sleep and wake time optimizes hormone release. A three, two, one rule for sleep. Three hours before bed, no food. We produce 400 times more melatonin in our gut than is produced by the pineal gland in our brain. So if we have a, a three hour cutoff from when we typically go to sleep, our body's not going to be digesting food late into the night, which is just going to uh, decrease melatonin, which is going to decrease the quality of sleep that we get. Two hours before bed, no more um, big decisions, no more work, no more texting, no more emailing, no more organizing, completely allowing our minds to start to shut off and just be more relaxed and preparing for sleep. And number one is no more blue light. For every 30 minutes of blue light exposure after sunset, it suppresses melatonin release by an hour. So we can imagine if we're wow. working on our computer right up until 11 o'clock when we go to bed, um, making decisions, our mind is constantly going, but yet... We have been looking at a blue screen, and so it's now suppressing melatonin release. We've got a high intake of cortisol, and we ate a snack at 1030, which we're not getting the melatonin release. We wonder why as entrepreneurs, we can't settle ourselves down. We can't calm ourselves down. We can't relax and get into, excuse me, get into a deep stage of sleep in an appropriate time. Well, we just haven't prepared for it. Hmm. And people are like, well, I can't shut my mind off at night. I've got so much going on. Well, no, that's not true. It's actually just the fact that you haven't even put any framework or uh, action steps or behaviors into place that allow your mind to get into that space. Mm. You now come into the nutrition side and it's like the same thing. I love three, two, one rules, simple frameworks. It's not complicated. Three hours after you wake up is your first meal. Why do we do that? We've now created what's called an intermittent fasting window where three hours before bed, there's no food. Three hours after you wake up, there's no food. You're sleeping for, let's call it seven or eight hours. 
you've immediately created a 14 hour fast that you're not having to push yourself through the day, starving, lightheaded, frustrated, irritable, and then eating right up until the minute you go to bed at night, because that's your intermittent fasting window. So we've done it very intentionally based upon circadian rhythms of sun up to sun down. Uh, three meals a day we search for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Let's make sure that our portion sizes are appropriate at each one of those. One serving of vegetables, one serving of fats, one serving of protein, one serving of carbohydrate. Two pieces of fruit a day and one big salad with um, a protein source per meal. Mm. If we were able to hit that, you're going to see a massive influx in energy, a massive change in stressors that you're exposing yourself to. Self-care. 30 minutes of self-care a day. Find something just for you, something that you only do. I tell this story all the time is there was a New York Times bestselling author who he had to hit a deadline and he was stressed out. He couldn't think, he couldn't operate. He wasn't being creative. And he's like, what should I do? I said, well, what's your favorite thing you like to do? He's like, I love water skiing. I was like, when's the last time you went water skiing? He's like, Justin, I got five kids, four book deals and a wife. I said, I haven't skied in like three years. But I was like, you live on a lake with a boat, with a neighbor kid who loves to drive the boat. He's like, yeah, I just haven't found the time. I was like, okay, for the next three weeks, I want you to go three times a week. He fought me back and forth. He, he eventually went in and, and, and gave into it. And during week two, I think it was like his fourth or fifth run. He called me, he's in tears. And he's like, I wrote my book. I wrote my book while <laughs> I was water skiing. It just came to me. We were out for three hours this morning and I couldn't stop because I was just in a flow state. Jeez. And it comes back to being able to have space to be creative, space to be in like optimizing how we're operating, but we have to poke more holes in that cup. So 30 minutes a day of self-care, what does that look like for you? It could be whatever it is that you like to do. It's not taking your kids to school. It's not coaching your kid's baseball team. It's not walking your dog. It's something just for you. What fills your cup up? Then mm -hmm. we come to environment. Let's watch the sun um, as it's rising. Let's watch the sun as it's setting. Let's reset the circadian rhythm that way. Let's be attention to the sound, sight, smells, things that are touching us in around our environment, in our offices, in our bedrooms, in our homes. Let's really be get creative with that. Exercise and movement, 30 minutes of intentional movement a day. So this is not riding the bike, sending emails in the morning. It's let's get a real training session in 30 minutes of interval work, 30 minutes of weight training, 30 minutes of a class, 30 minutes of yoga, that everything's away. Let's intentional exercise. And then every 60 to 90 minutes, let's put an alarm on our clock to go walk around the room, to go walk and get a cup of water, whatever it might be. Hydration, half our body weight in ounces. Our body's 75% 75 of our body's made up of water. 85% of our heart, our lung, and our brain, which makes up our nervous system, which is directly in charge of HRV, is made up of water. So right. water is pretty important. And then uh, immune function. We track HRV to see a three-day decrease in HRV. We know that our body is under some form of stress load, so it needs to get helped in some way. So let's make sure we give it uh, some type of immune protocol, some type of supplementation protocol. And then lastly is mindset, breath work, reading, journaling, meditation, prayer, um, connecting with uh, a coach of some type, doing some type of reflective work, developing yourself from a mindset set 
allows you to move forward in a really positive way. And so these are the eight controllables and certain habits that we can start to put into place that we can start to customize for you as we start to take a look at HRV, some deeper DNA, epigenetic, cellular testing metrics, start to understand your body, start to help you be more aware of what's happening so we can put these practices into place um, and build habits, behaviors, and lifestyles that matter to you, not just for any random reason. Oh, man, it's so good. And we're uh, at the end, we'll, we'll share. You have a little uh, thing put together for people who want some more help, um, I think especially for, for HRV. Um, so make yeah. sure we do that. I have, I have one more question before we get there, which is, is there a dark side to all of this? Like, is there is there a, a, a part where um, you become so swept up in the numbers that it actually adds more stress and it has a reverse effect? Or do you become could, – could you get too locked into your – your rhythms where you're like, Oh no, like I, I didn't, I didn't get my, uh, you know, my body weight or half my body weight in water, uh, consumed today. Or, you know, is, is there a dark side to this where people get too swept up or they get too wrapped up in the numbers and the rhythms and the routines? And, you know, for people who, um, you know, uh, I'm sure you get pushed back from people who are like, no, I'm, I'm a, I'm a spontaneous kind of impulsive person. I can't do the rhythms. Uh, maybe we'll leave that for another interview, but you know, the people who, who maybe are are afraid to like even get locked into this stuff because they don't want to feel locked in or they don't they don't want to create that situation where it's like oh man I don't want to beat myself up because I didn't go to bed at eight thirty I went to bed at nine thirty instead or that kind of thing how do you how do you combat against maybe the the quote unquote dark side or some of those challenges where you're actually being counterproductive. So I love this question and I would love to come back and do like a whole show on this because I think it's something that doesn't get addressed enough. Yeah, let's do it. However, I often come at this, come at it this way. The people that I always hear that from are always the people who don't have any plan whatsoever. And <laughs> yeah. they're the ones who are complaining about having brain fog, having headaches, not feeling well, not having the energy. I was on a call the other day, um, do a podcast actually. Um, and we were talking about the three, two, one rule for sleep and how people can get better sleep. And he's sitting there on the other end and he's like, man, I sleep terribly. I can't let my, I can't get my brain to shut off at night. And I went through the three, two, one rule with him. And I talked a little bit about how we can optimize some things. And he goes, oh, there's no way I could ever do that. I take meetings until like nine, 10 o'clock at night. And, uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm out at dinners with clients probably four or five times a night or four or five times a week. He's like, there's just no way I could do that. And I was like, is it really that there's no way you could do that? Or is it you're choosing not to set any boundaries, which is why you've ultimately found yourself in this, this normal quote unquote, mm -hmm. but you haven't been able to establish anything like this. I yeah. said, I know a lot of people in your industry that don't operate that way and are even more successful than you. So, <laughs> the, so this is just simply a mindset shift of creating something around that. Now, I say all that to come at it and be like, anybody leaning in, anybody who is truly healthy, I was that person. I was obsessive as a 15, 16, 17 year old, and it came from a place of fear. Mm. For me, it was a space, of, a space of fear of going back to being overweight like I was when I was eight, nine, 10, 11, and 12 when I was made fun of all the time. And it pushed me so far the other side of being obsessive that I was unhealthy to the other degree where I was over-exercising, I was under-eating, I was anorexic, I was uh, exercise bulimic, whatever you want to call it. But it did affect me in a very negative way. And how we come at this is there is no level of perfection. 
If you have a, uh, you want to have um, a couple cocktails on a date night, you should be able to do that. You want to go out for a wedding like we did this past weekend with my wife um, for her friend's wedding and stay out until 11 o'clock, 12 o'clock at night. You should be able to do that. But you should also have a plan as to what's happening the next day so that you go out and have fun on a Saturday night and Sunday is not spent all day on the bed and all day on the couch watching TV. So you wake up Monday morning behind the eight ball and trying to get going and it's wait until Wednesday until you feel good again. It's mm. these types of things that we want to start to create change on so that you can move forward in a po powerful and positive direction and make sure that we can really be powerful in this way. Oh man, it's so good. Yeah, we definitely need to have you back. And for our clients that are listening, we got Justin as our expert for the month of May. Um, so we'll we'll do a nice deep dive into this and come with your metrics, come with your HRV readings and all that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. And Justin can uh, can help you break some of that stuff down. But man, you got such a good thing going here. And I'm not surprised at all that you're in the kind of demand you're in right now doing what you're doing, uh, working with some of the top uh, professional athletes in the world. It's just incredible. Can you really quickly tell people working that they can get that resource about hrv i think that'd be awesome um and anything else that you think might be useful for the audience if they want to plug in and find out a little bit more about you justin yeah so there's a couple places so number one is i'm super active on social media uh, at justin roth um extremely active on instagram so if you message me it'll always be me re uh, responding um and then uh, something that we wanted to give all of your audience and listeners, just if you want to dive more into HRV, you want to really kind of learn and understand what's happening, um, go to ownithrv.com and there'll be a whole video series on HRV. There'll be a couple PDFs that, give, uh, that you get access to that can help you dive into your um, HRV and your um, understanding of the controllables and what that means to you in a much more purposeful way. And, uh, and if you just wanted to have a deeper conversation, ownitcoaching.com is a great place to go as well. That's awesome, man. We'll put all the links in the show notes. In the meantime, Justin, thanks for your time and thanks for what you're doing, man. Really appreciate you. Oh, I appreciate you, Sophia. I appreciate the time and look forward to speaking to the crew here coming up and, uh, anything I can do for, for you guys further, just let me know. Look forward to getting back on with you. Amazing. Well, I'm so grateful for Justin. I'm so grateful for his expertise. And I don't know about you, like when he starts talking about HRV and sleep and stress and all this stuff, I'm just like, like light bulbs go off, you know, and I connect dots and I'm realizing as I shared on the interview, like I, I don't think I handle that stuff as well as I was kind of telling myself I did. So it's just, it's just super interesting. It's super insightful. And I really want to encourage you guys, go check out some of those free resources. We're going to put links in the show notes to all of them. But man, this is such a great opportunity for you guys to further your health and to further your recovery in the process. And if maybe you found this valuable, but you know that you actually need some assistance more on the porn addiction side of things, the sexual misbehavior, well, we have a solution for that as well. It's our program called Deep Clean. And this is really uh, the most comprehensive program you're going to find on the market for porn addiction recovery. It comes through a scientific lens and a scriptural lens. You know, I was a university researcher for years, and then I was also a local church pastor for about a decade. So we kind of combine those things. Uh, we have community, we have in-depth coaching, one-on-ones, group coaching, a little bit of everything, all packaged together to help you get to the roots of your issue and then resolve them once and for all. And if you feel like you've been spinning your tires, you feel like, Sathya, I've tried everything, I don't need another program, 
Well, that may be true. Maybe it's not about another program. It's actually about finding a solution that's going to help you get to the underlying causes so that you don't just get free for a little bit, but you actually stay free long term. And that's what our program has to offer to you. Now, if this sounds interesting, sounds like something you want to learn a little bit more about, I put a link in the show notes for you to book a time in our calendar. It's not as scary as it sounds. We just like to understand your situation better and see how we can help. And we do provide some information once you book that time and give us a little bit of uh, a little information. There's a small application there. And then you get a better understanding of uh, the program and kind of what's it, what it's about so that you're not coming into the call totally dark. So that link is in the show notes as well. We would love to speak with you. In the meantime, guys, thank you so much for listening. I hope you have an incredible day. And if you got some value from this and you think maybe there's somebody in your life who's stressed out of their mind right now, somebody who's struggling with their weight, somebody who's really trying to improve their fitness, uh, maybe they need to hear this and you just might change their life by doing it. So don't be shy. Uh, Send it over to them. And that helps us grow as well. Obviously, that's why we're asking for it. I'm not trying to be coy about that. Uh, But in the meantime, I really appreciate your listenership. I hope this has helped you live a life of freedom and I wish you an incredible day. We'll talk soon, guys. Bye-bye. Hey, everybody. It's Sophia again. Thanks for listening to Unleash the Man Within. If you enjoyed this episode, it would mean the world to me if you left a rating or review on your podcast platform. Now, I want to take this final moment to invite you to something that I'm really excited about, our deep clean VIP community. Here's the deal. We saw that in this space of manhood, sexuality, and faith, there are a lot of unasked questions. They range from relationships to sex to male anatomy, calling, career, and everything in between. We create a deep clean VIP for men like you who want regular coaching from me, VIP access to our podcast guests where you get to interact with some of the world's leading experts in men's health, a monthly seminar, and a community of men from around the world pursuing success in life and integrity in sexuality. Deep Clean VIP provides answers to your deepest questions, hope for a full recovery, and the necessary tools to make that full recovery a reality. If you're ready to take things to the next level, I want you to stop what you're doing right now and sign up for Deep Clean VIP at www.sathiasam.com slash deepcleanvip. The link is in the show notes, but let me give it one more time. That's www.sathiasam.com slash deepcleanvip. Thanks for listening. I look forward to connecting with you very, very soon. The information, opinions, and recommendations presented in this podcast by Sathya Sam and his guests are for general information only and should not be considered medical, clinical, or any other form of professional advice. Any reliance on the information provided is done at your own risk.